Um, today I'm offering something more substantial about Easter than a hollow egg of lower grade chocolate. Uh, I am offering hope. I, I'm coming to you today with a message of gritty, down to earth, life changing hope. Now, I want to be clear, this isn't going to be some inspirational talk with like a vague promise of happiness every day for the rest of your life. This isn't going to be uh, celebrities singing Imagine at you to make you feel better. This is about the kind of hope that gets down in the gutter with you and points you to a way out. And we're going to be looking at actually a slightly different resurrection account than the ones we just heard, but it is from the same book written by a doctor called Luke uh, a couple of thousand years ago. Um, And it's from chapter 24, so I'm going to read that now. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. He he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. So on the face of it, this may seem like it's Not quite as exciting as the other stories. There's no angels that look like lightning. There's no long conversations before this great revelation of who it is they've been talking to. It's just a conversation and some food together. But I actually can see some things in this story that will give you hope today. Whether Wherever you are watching this, whether you're young, old, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're sick or healthy, there is hope for you in this story. And the first thing I want to pick up on is the fact that this is an embodied hope. This is physical, tangible, real hope. Why do you think Jesus kept telling the disciples, look at my hands and my feet? It's because they still bore the scars from the nails that were driven through his hands. The disciples had seen him only days ago being crucified, dying in the most horrible way possible. And Jesus, who Christians believe is God in human form, the son of God, bore scars. Just imagine that, God had scars. And those scars showed that he was real. He was there, he was physical. He was not a ghost. He was embodied. And I think we should realize the importance of that more than ever in this current era because we're realizing the importance of physical presence. Now this, right now, me preaching through the wonders of technology is great, but it is incomplete. For one thing, I can't hear you all laughing at my terrific jokes. 
I didn't even know if you laughed at that one. I'm just going to assume that you did. But it's not the same. And you know, uh, my wife Natalie and I, we've been playing games over Zoom with people. And it's fun, but it's not the same. There's something that I can't quite describe about being around a table with your friends, of being in the same room. And everyone's feeling that at the moment. We're realizing the importance of communal meals, of uh, singing together and hearing each other's voices, of, of being in one another's presence. Now more than ever, we're seeing how important that is. When Jesus was born, he became physically present in in humanity. He he lived as one of us. He died as one of us. And in this story, we see that he rose again as one of us, as a physical embodied person. He had scars. He suffered. He died. It's it's the difference between um, God saying from a Zoom chat, I'm here for you, and, and parachuting into your life and being there for you. And so I read in this story an embodied hope. This is Jesus with scars on his hands and hunger in his belly. The first thing he does with them is eat. There's a a passage in the Old Testament that uh, speaks of uh, Jesus in the future dying for the sake of all of us and the punishment that he would go through. And it's an immensely moving passage. You can find it in Isaiah 53. And it says, I was reading it just on Friday and and there's something that struck me like it has never struck me before. It says, he took up our pain and he bore our suffering. And you may not understand why all of this is happening, why we're going through what we're going through at the moment. And it is hard and it's difficult and we're all feeling it at different levels at the moment. But the Jesus that we were worshipping today is someone who, who took up that pain, who, who, who lived as one of us and, and shouldered the burdens that we all do. He experienced fear that many of you might be feeling at the moment. He experienced pain. He experienced grief. And so when you're going through grief and fear and uncertainty and sadness... The Bible tells us that Jesus took up our pain and bore our sufferings. You know, the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. Jesus wept. The the son of God living as one of us wept because he experienced sorrow. So I'm not here today to discredit your sorrow. I'm here to say, yeah, it's real. And you know, you don't have to suffer it alone. Because Jesus is saying here, through prayer, Give me your burdens, give me your sorrow, your pain, your fear, and I will take some of it with you. He will bear the load, and actually he already has. And, you know, he didn't just suffer and die, he came back, and he came back in a physical way. He came back with scars and with hunger, and that's the Jesus we worship, a resurrected, victorious Jesus, and one who is hungry and wants to eat just another sign of his physicality. And actually, I just think, you know, it's so important that we eat together. And I just, I actually felt like Jesus wants to eat with you today. He wants to be there in your meals, whether you're physically by yourself or just with whoever's in your household. 
Jesus wants to come and join you today. And with that resurrection, we get a hope of fulfillment. The next thing after eating that Jesus does with the disciples is a small Bible study. Now, I don't have time to do a whole Bible study, but thankfully Jesus captured it himself when he said, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So he's saying, All of the Old Testament was about me dying, rising again on the third day. And um, it's for repentance so that sins can be forgiven. Why is the forgiveness of sins so important? Well, because sin is just the, the word that we use in the Bible for when we go our own way instead of God's way. When we try and do things our way and say, God, I don't need you. I don't want you. And it cuts us off from God. It But the problem is we were made to be with God. Jesus' Bible study pointed this out. The Old Testament pointed towards someone who could break the dividing line between humans and God. We We were born into a world where humans are cut off from God, cut off from the source of life cut off from our purpose. Our purpose is to be known by God, is to be loved by God and to love God in return. But humans, for as long as they have existed, have rebelled against God. And in doing so, we've actually brought death upon ourselves because we're cutting ourselves off from the source of life. But what Jesus did was live perfectly and die a sinner's death, even though he didn't sin himself so that he could take on our punishment, so that all we have to do, all you have to do is repent, which means turn from your old ways, turn back to God, back to who we were made to know and and say, God, I need your forgiveness. And that forgiveness was made possible through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And that's available for anyone. And Jesus said, I came to give life, life to the full, which is why this is a hope of fulfillment. Because when we have our relationship with God restored, we can tap into that life to the full. And I believe that that promise is true today. Christians, the promise of life to the full is true for you today. And what that must mean is that it's not many of the things that we normally think life to the full is. So many things in our life that we we go to for fulfillment have been stripped away from us. And yet, the promise of life to the full is true, which means it can't be those things. Life to the full can't mean traveling the world. Now, you you know, you get a lot of these films or Instagram accounts that say, you know, what real living is, is traveling the world. Uh, Actually, in that He is risen video, when Annika said He is risen, I got a real hankering to go to Switzerland right now. But that's not what life to the full means. And life to the full can't mean experience and it can't mean job satisfaction and it can't mean comfort because so many of those things are being taken away from us and yet the promise remains. And so I think what life to the full means is intimacy with God, is realizing our purpose, which is to love God and be loved by a God who is love. And you can experience that whatever your situation right now. Maybe you are a key worker who is more tired than you have ever been in your life and you don't know how you can get through the day. 
well, life to the full for you might now be, might be experiencing strength that comes from relying on God in a way that you have never had to rely on God before. And you can lean into the Jesus who calmed storms, who defeated death, who cast out demons, the Jesus who was okay with chaos because he was depending on the strength of God. And you can experience that strength today as well. Maybe you're experiencing a new level of stillness and emptiness that you have never experienced before and you don't know what to do with your time. Well, you can lean on the God who... Um, you can lean on the Jesus who spent days in the wilderness just being with God. You can lean on the Jesus who was constantly taking himself away from the crowds to spend time with the Father. You can lean on the God who is calling to you in the stillness, in the quietness, and he's saying, come to me, experience intimacy with me. Whatever your situation is right now, the promise of life to the full is true for you as is as true for you as it was as before the pandemic we just need to realize that life to the full is not about comfort or ease of life or great experiences it's about fulfilling our purpose to be worshipers of God to be known by him to be loved for and cared for by God if you're listening to this and you're not a follower of Jesus well I've got good news and I've got bad news The bad news is that the end of the pandemic is actually not going to solve all of your problems. The end of the pandemic will will be great. We're all looking forward to that with, with great anticipation. And actually, through this pandemic, we've seen a lot of the good elements of humanity coming out. People are being made aware that they've got to be kinder. They've got to care for people. We're learning to celebrate our um, vital key workers in great ways. But the end of the pandemic isn't going to solve your problems. There's still going to be greed. There's still going to be violence. Some of those things are still going to exist within you, actually. And there's still going to be a need for true fulfillment that you're not going to find from all of the things that you might normally turn to. But the good news is you can access life to the full today. You can access a restored relationship with God today. And it is for anyone. You might feel totally undeserving of the love of God. You might feel like, actually, you gave up on Christianity years ago, and so why would God take you back? But the death and resurrection of Jesus was for all people. And all you have to do is just turn back to God and say, God, I need you. And he will meet you in that place. He'll meet you in your socially distanced house. He will meet you right where you are. You just got to turn back to God and say, God, I'm sorry for rejecting you. I need you. And he's calling to you today. Life to the full can be yours now. You just need to restore a right relationship with your creator. That's what, that's what Christians believe. It's, just, it's the wonder of grace that God will freely give you life to the full, even if you don't deserve it. <clears throat> And now I said at the start that this is not some inspirational talk. And I believe that because it's not necessary, because inspirational talks, I think, are all about finding the answers within you. But you can't do that. You actually don't have the answers within you. Um, You may feel helpless right now. Good. There is a God who can help you. You know, there's a a term I used to be 
are film critics. They'll occasionally do some film writing from time to time. There's a term in film and theater called a deus ex machina. And it means God from the machine. Fun fact, it's from uh, antiquity. is when they would lower in a God character from a crane. So it means God from the machine. And um, it would be when a divine or superheroic presence would come in at the end of the drama and save the protagonist. And it would come from nowhere. It's a, um, a modern example would be like the eagles in Lord of the Rings swooping in to save Frodo when the hero cannot save himself. Now, sometimes people say, That's weak storytelling because actually we see a need to save ourselves. We think, oh, I should be able to save myself. The protagonist should be able to rescue himself. But I'm here to tell you today that in the story of your life, you need a deus ex machina, a God swooping in to lift you out of your helplessness, to lift you out of your weakness. You cannot save yourself. The end of your story ends with a death or a deus ex machina, God coming in to save you. And actually, when, you, when God comes in to save you, you'll realize that you are actually never the hero of your story all along. The real story was Jesus and what he did for you. Which brings me to my third kind of hope. What is, what is it we're being saved to? It's a future hope. So it's an embodied hope. It's a hope of fulfillment. And it's a future hope. You see, the key thing about the story is that Jesus was alive. The disciples who had watched Jesus die were now eating a fish supper with him. Jesus had been killed, but it turns out you just can't kill the author of life and expect him to stay dead. He was back. He was alive. And by being alive, he proved all of the claims he made about him, being the son of God, being the one who can bring you life to the full. If it had stayed dead, then actually All of his claims beforehand wouldn't have meant that much, but it all hinges on this resurrection. This is the turning point of humanity when Jesus comes back and says, death could not hold me down. I have defeated death and now all who call on me can have eternal life. And so he gets down with you in your pain and your sorrow and he says, look to the future. There is a time when you can actually have eternal life. If you follow me, if you choose to leave your old life behind and follow me, you can have eternal life because I have defeated death. Humans can't beat death. That's one of the the real tragedies of of this season that we're in at the moment is, is just the reality that actually death is still with us, that that humans can't beat death, that death comes for everyone. Christians and non-Christians alike, rich and poor alike. And the Bible acknowledges that. The Bible says that the last enemy to be defeated is death, that while we're still here on this earth, all of us will die. And maybe you're being confronted with your mortality for the first time. You're experiencing that the reality of the fact that you will die one day and it's tough, it's difficult and and we're right to grieve. But you know, as we do that, we should take a chance to assess ourselves and think, do I have a hope beyond death? And Jesus is offering that today. The Easter story is a story of hope beyond death. It's a story of life after death. It's a story of eternal life, full life, living with Jesus, living with God, worshiping him, 
being loved by God and loving him in return, our purpose, what we were made for, what we were designed for, that is the hope that we have. And you can access that today. Again, I want to state this again. It is for anyone, whether you feel like you deserve it or not. I can tell you, you don't deserve it, but it's given to you freely anyway. There is no denying we live in a difficult time. But I have hope today because my savior and my king died and rose again. He stands with me and you in pain and in grief, bearing it with us. And he promises us life to the full, even in this season of difficulty. And he points us towards the future of eternal life, of peace, a new creation when all wrongs will be made right, when death will be no more, when fear will be no more, and we will have eternal life with him. To an outside observer, this scene that we read about today probably just looked like a normal meal of friends having a fish supper together. But it's so much more than that. It's a scene of great life-giving hope where the king of the universe is there with his friends, wanting to eat with them, to be with them, inviting them into a relationship with God the Father to experience life to the full. And he's offering you the same thing today. If you're alone today, physically alone, then I want to tell you that you don't have to be alone on Easter Sunday. Jesus is at your door and he's saying, have you got any food? I want to come in and eat with you. Whatever your situation today, whatever you're facing, wherever you are, you can call on God and experience this hope. This hope that doesn't promise you something from a distance, but this hope that's there with you, present, standing with you through difficulty and offering you life to the full. Christians, maybe you, maybe you just needed to be reminded of that hope today. Maybe you were feeling pretty hopeless. If you're struggling at the moment, I would really urge you just to, to let the, the team here at King's Church know. Just drop us an email, hello at kingschurchedinburgh.org. Someone will reply to you this week and, and pray with you. And if you're listening to this and you, you haven't actually given your life to follow Jesus, you haven't turned back to God saying, God, I need to have my relationship with you restored. I need your forgiveness. Then, then you can do that right now. You can just call out to God wherever you are. Wherever you are right now, you can call on him. Call on the risen Jesus who's defeated death, who is, who's died for you, died so that you can have a relationship with God restored. And if that is you if, you, if you want to know more, if you want to find out more about Christianity, if you want to just tell us that actually you called on God for the first time today, then please, again, that same email address, hello at kingschurchedinburgh.org, just get in touch with you. And again, just get in touch with us. And again, someone will, will reach out to you this week and just talk to you and hear your story and, and listen to, to what's been going on in your life and talk to you about the great news of being a Christian, of, of the glorious hope that we have, of the great promises that Jesus has for you 
when you experience life with him.